wingtip. Good afternoon. It is February 5th, 2024. You're listening to a little poem A, little poem B, hosted by Will Levinos and hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What's going on, Will? It was a rough week in sports for me. I had two rivalry games and lost both of them. Neither one was close. Uh, it was a good look in inside, you know, a retrospective on myself and just my, my different fandoms and just, you know, just a, a reset for myself. So the, uh, the the Celtics lose at home to the Lakers. The Lakers uh, don't even have LeBron or Anthony Davis. When I saw that uh, ahead of the game, I just knew it's like this is going to be – this is worse. If those two guys are playing, our guys are ready to go, but it just turns it from premier matchup to – and now it's like we're playing the Wizards and just – all right, and I just knew. I knew we were going to struggle, and so going into that, wasn't happy with it, but, you know, you, you move past it. I think part of it, too, is, you know, the, the Celtics have, uh, I think at the time, uh, had had a four-game lead and now have a five-game lead on, on on second place. You know, the Embiid news, we'll get into that. And just like, we, we, we're kind of we're kind of ahead. I, I don't like it. You know, we, we, we didn't lose a game at home for a long time, and now they're, they're racking up. And just in general, we're not as hot as we were at the beginning of the year. But just, all right, you know, get past it. It was like, focused all my energy on Saturday. Prime time, 6.30, there's games leading up into it. I knew there's gonna be games afterwards. It was the premier matchup. And I just lose my mind. I lose my mind watching Duke basketball during the Celtics. I'm I you know I say it on the podcast, you know, never too high, never too low. You know, you're on a high winning streak, you know, it's just like all right, well, we're probably not as good as it looks, or you know, the reverse. But for whatever reason, especially UNC, I think it's just because Duke still has that hatred just around the sports world. It's not quite the same level as uh, when Coach K was there. But compared to just the other teams that, that that I root for, especially the Patriots, no one cares about the Patriots anymore. Now that we're the you know in, in the cellar. But when I'm watching the, the the UNC game, I just I act like a baby. Afterwards, I you know, I whine about the about the refs. The next day, you know, ruins my whole day yesterday. And then, uh, and, and then today, it's like I'm still, I'm still trying to recover from it. Do you like realize, like in the moment, like your level of you know fanatic that you become with different sports or or different teams? I'm constantly baffled by what is fueling you to hate another college team so much and so I, unfairly I, and like unrealistically. It is just such an anti. It's 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 a religion that you have followed and that you, the commandment has told you. I am not allowed to say anything positive about this team to the point where I don't even think you're enjoying the game anymore. You're not even defending a basketball team. You're defending like a cult right now where it's just not allowed. It's, it's, it's a really good way of putting it. And, you know, I think it was Jalen Rose that, you know, was the one that kind of kept saying it's a fan is short for fanatic. And it just normally in like my everyday life, even just like a everyday sports life, like, I'm I'm pretty aware of all right you know different different biases here and there and just normally when I'm watching a game you know there are other people that get all upset and just like oh you, you got to be kidding me this and that and just I'm more like all right you know so settle down you know the refs aren't out to get you but just this this I mean it's not one game per year and I, I think I'm just still trying to recover from from Paulo uh, and Coach K's last year that it's still it is just a a, a raw sore spot that today. I just I happened to come across on on X. Today is the anniversary of the twenty-eight to three game, so I had to watch those highlights to try to try to overcome it. And I, I still am not quite all the way there. It probably won't be till uh, till Duke plays again. Uh, have Notre Dame on 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 Wednesday to hopefully just ease back into things. And I don't think it helps that I'm part of uh, Duke fan groups and. Though those get me those get me riled up in in, in both directions. And you just came into an absolute buzzsaw where you were in the normal, like, oh, yeah, it's a big game, and all right, yeah, Zach acts a certain way. And it's just like I, I realized when it was happening. It, it's just like you were the outlet. You were being like a, a rational person, and I was being an absolute crazy person. <laughs> it was just – I, I don't know why. I don't know why, but that one just really gets me going. I just started sending Zach every time Duke got a whistle that was in their favor. I just sent him a text, whistle, because he was like, we didn't get any whistles. I was like, there's one. There's another one. There's another one. You know, it's funny that you, you want this game to matter so much, and it's like, this isn't a championship. This is just a, a rivalry game against a good it's, team, of which it's an okay loss. It's not even a bad loss. Like, you still showed up. You still had a chance to win. I think if you'd allowed, if you hadn't allowed over 90 points, you would have had a chance to win. If you give up 90-plus, you're, you're putting yourself where you got to really put up a pretty impressive offensive performance for, right? for we, college. We still put up eight, eight, 84. 84 wins you. 
90, 95% of the games, yeah, you, you can't, you, and you can't let up over 90 points and expect to win. That happens, you know, that's going to be single digits percent of the time. College is, it's, it's crazy to me that you're this passionate about something that's so inconsistent that it's, it's it, it's favor of disappointing you is is what the numbers are telling you. Like you're constantly hoping for this other outcome to happen. It's like that's how college you're, works. You're saying all of the right things, and uh, UNC is good this year. In, in uh, last year, they were not not good, and the year before, before they made that Final Four run, they were also uh, not very good. Where this year, number three in the country, uh, the the metrics all like them. They've they've been playing really well. They got tripped up by. Uh, by Georgia Tech earlier in the week, but that just kind of could have been more of a more uh, more of a trap game, and th- you know that's that that's bound to happen. And we weren't expected to win going in. We were, uh, I think, a, a six point favorite, and then lose by nine. So it wasn't that far off of the spread. It, it, it's like I'm going in, and then the outcome was like a little bit worse than what was expected by by the math and the general population. I had just worked myself all day into we're gonna go over there and we're gonna win. And it's just I, I could convince myself, and it's that—that's not the way it worked out. So, and like you said, it's not even a championship. No, it's, it's a game. It's a game. The first week in February. No, your season's very much still alive. You're still in a very good position. Like if anything, going into March, I think coming a little under the radar where you are at is a little bit better than the pressure of UNC is going to have probably being a one seed. You know, nobody's ever going to say like I don't want to be a one seed, but you know, when was the last one seed that really ran the table and won all the way? So like I. I don't know if I'm fighting for that. I think you have better positioning elsewhere, but that's also a little bit of the madness that I have for March of just thinking like it never goes the way it's supposed to. It's not chalk. So you're just already assuming it's not going to go chalk that you're, you're, you have better odds at some other spot. It, it doesn't exactly make sense, but neither does the start of this podcast where we said we we're going to open with football and I'm throwing, yeah. out, I'm throwing out the rundown right now. We're just going to do college basketball. And I picked some games the last couple of weeks that have been very close. They have not been in the favor that I – I thought they were going to go in, or the results haven't been, but they have been very good games. So I'm going to continue to give you some good games. You can go out and watch. I don't know if you're going to win money on any of these. We're going to do some NFL prop bets. Maybe you can win something on that. But the first game I wrote down after Kansas had a pretty impressive week, I think they're going well, to— Well, hold, hold on. Do you want to take a, a victory lap on uh, you picking the, the, the better Purdue game? Oh, I knew that was a lock. I, I don't need to take a victory lap on that. Yeah, I knew that. I, I, I looked at the all Wisconsin the games you game, looked at. The, the Wisconsin game was still pretty good. But you call in the, hey, look out, Northwestern at Purdue. Northwestern almost got him again. It makes and no sense, I, too. I was, I was trying to explain – or not explain it to you, but even pointing out, it goes to overtime. I think Northwestern had a legit chance, boo-booey again. And it, they only have two losses. If they had lost that game, two of their losses would have been to Northwestern and one not Northwestern. So it's not like they've gotten tripped up by other teams. It – I, it's just baffling, and I I think it was the obvious call, and it was almost so obvious that it was like, oh, well, that's not going to happen again. Now they're playing at Mackey Arena. And so I just want to make sure before we go into this, Will has a pretty good track record of these. So I think you should follow follow what he says. All right, this is going to be dated for, for the podcast because it's tonight. It's, it's happening literally in a couple of hours. By the time this podcast is out, this game will already been started. But Kansas had a good week. They had a big win this week. I just, Oof. I just don't buy it. I just don't buy. It. Is it crazy? Like I just don't buy. It. They look great this week. I have nothing bad to say about against it. Houston, but I think tonight in Kansas State is a trap game, and I'm gonna roll with Kansas State. Like I just think they're just rolling way too high off the Houston. The Houston game was awesome. Houston didn't even play bad either. Like they just couldn't put anything together long enough or get enough stops against Kansas. So it's just it's over. They're playing from behind the whole game. I'm just not buying into Kansas. I, I can't really explain to you why, but I just have a feeling based on the way the season has gone so far. Kansas is going to be in a tight game tonight. They are not going to run away with this one. So that, that's that's game number one. The other one a little I'm going bit to... Of a, so you're just thinking let down after just yeah, I, huge win. Underdogs at home for the first time in years. And just, I mean, they no, they, 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 they stomped Houston. I mean, they, they got out on them. And, I mean, Houston is so good. Just to put this in perspective for, for people, is Houston is so good that the metrics after that loss in the net and in Kempom still have them at number one in the country. That's why I think it's it's a fluke that Kansas did that, and I think you're going to see a little bit of the fluke show tonight. The other big game I got, it's it's the ultimate rivalry. Wednesday, we got 16 Alabama against 12 Auburn. Oh, yeah, I got that one. I, I just think this is – you can't miss this. These are – the crowd's showing up. 
They're not going to be happy with whatever the outcome is. They're ready to riot. They're going to go crazy. And I just think these are two really good teams with two rivalry schools that this is this is everything you say about college basketball that you like, this game is going to give you. It may not oh, give you time. professional aspects of, of perfect execution and everything, but it is going to give you all of the bonuses of the college energy. I'm rolling with the home team again in Auburn. I just I, – you, you can really convince me either way. I think this is just going to be a great game. Again, I'm, I'm just circling these more as games to watch than teams that I think are going to win. But those those are the two I wrote this, down. This that one that one is definitely a you know clear clear schedule uh sort of thing. They uh just played uh would have been two weeks ago. Uh Alabama won at home against Auburn 79-75. That was a really good game. Odd game. Uh I mean crowd going absolutely nuts. I mean, we we're just talking the Duke UNC rivalry and definitely uh, these two teams more uh, prolific in football, but still very much uh, a very real in-state rivalry uh, in, in a sem- similar uh, similar stratosphere. But uh, yeah, game started off weird. The the lights went out. They tried to play without all the lights being on for a little bit. They yeah, that, that took a little while. But we've we've mentioned a, a couple of times the, uh, the 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 horns down with Texas and them getting all sensitive about this. And then you have this game. The uh, the Alabama fans were just chanting like, "F you Auburn." Just over and over again, like you could hear on the broadcast. And so, it's it just—I am sure that Auburn is uh, going to give them a nice, warm welcome. But yeah, I think that's going to have everything. It's going to have good basketball. It's going to have passionate fans, and that yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. That's a good call. That was on my list as well. Uh, what are you looking forward to this week? Uh, tomorrow we have BYU at Oklahoma, the uh, Alabama Auburn game on Wednesday, like you mentioned, and then on Saturday, two good ones. Uh, this one's going to be late at night. Uh, Arizona at Colorado. Arizona got a big win uh, this weekend. They are uh, looking to round. They kind of they fell off a little bit midway through, but I think they're starting to round back into shape. And then uh, the, this one, I think this could this could be your ticket, Will. Illinois. Yeah, let's to Michigan do it. State. Let's go. <laughs> I, I have nothing to tell you. Two o'clock on Saturday. There's you no... guys got go two two. Uh, since, since the last podcast, two wins in a row. Nothing nothing crazy, but you know what? Sometimes you just have to win. You just got to win in the, the, the Big Ten. It's no joke. You got a lot of good teams in there. You just got to check them off. Two home games, no big deal. This one's going to be at home. You got to win your home games. Illinois has been playing playing well. I think that this is the opportunity. You win this. All of a sudden, it's all the stuff that happened at the beginning of the year. That all of a sudden is like, we're talking about 2023? Come on. Come on now. No, it's 2024 now. Uh, you did in this uh, this week's AP poll. You got one vote. One vote that can lead. That can lead to you, you get more votes. All of a sudden, you, you're ranked. It's right where you want to be come March. I have nothing positive to say about this team. They're so frustrating. The inconsistency of like, all right, so we're playing defense today. This is great. We're gonna be able to score. And then other games, we score 90 points and then we give up 120. It's like, all right, well, that's not how that's supposed to work. That's just like, can we do something together just once and? The lineups and the rotations and the, the the players are playing different minutes. It's it has not been a smooth season for as much as the the numbers seem to analytics favor us. It's it's ridiculous to me. But this is a game where, like you said, we get the job done and this is a huge win. And suddenly that resume starts to look a little bit better. Maybe we even crawl into the top twenty five and kind of gain a little bit more respect. But I I'm with you. I think this is a, a huge game and I think they have every chance that they're ever going to have to win this one. It's just. I haven't seen it together. It, it would be nice if they could put it all together, and this would be a great win. I just, I'd just i like what Illinois is doing more. I'm not as thrilled. I picked them in the earlier matchup maybe two weeks ago to beat Illinois, and it was not the result I was hoping for. But we'll see. We'll see. It's it's college. Anything could happen. Maybe maybe Illinois will just be kids that day. You know, That's that's kind of what I'm hoping for at this right? point. They're, they are just kids. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else for college basketball? I think that's, a, I think that's enough for me. You're ridiculous with the Duke stuff. It's it's absurd. I, I wish I don't know how anyone else could actually understand the, the passion that you had behind it. It's it's just like talking to somebody that's just irrational and not listening to actually whatever you're saying. We got zero free throws in the first half. Somehow UNC only followed us three times. I think it was only like three free throws the other way though. It wasn't like an absurd like un- imbalance. It was just no it- whistles. I think I think they were eight for ten, but I could I could I could be wrong. It was just it was a it was a rougher game, and then I was frustrated because that's how we got knocked out of the tournament last year. It was against Tennessee when it was a it was a rougher whistle, and we just we just couldn't we couldn't uh, 
adept. And I think it's just coming from last year. It's just one of those times, those, those spooky scaries, you, you think maybe they're behind you, and very clearly they are not behind us, and got to figure it out. But we had a team meeting yesterday, so anytime a team has a team meeting, you know all the problems have been solved. So no problems anymore. I feel like you've just caged this demon, and you were choosing to keep it in your closet. And it's like, you could just open the door and get rid of it. Like, you don't need to hold on to the losses of the previous years. It's not even the same team. It's barely the same coach. It's It's a whole lot of change every year, and it's well, last year, we, it's, 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 a, it's the same coach. I'd say the, I don't know, we kind of switch on who, who our best player is, but we have uh, Flip and Roach from, from last year. So there's a, there's a, there's a lot, uh, especially compared to, to past, past years. We don't have the complete, full, you know, a whole new crop of, crop of freshmen. We got, we got a few, but it, it's not nearly as, uh, as stark as it's been in the past. There's a lot of, a lot of guys from last year. I keep calling Filipowski Kapowski. It, you haven't even seen Save Night of the Bell to know who Kelly Kapowski is, but that, for whatever reason, can never leave my mind. He's uh, rather <laughs> he comes as Kapowski, and it's like, no, it's Filipowski. It's 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 I don't know. It's so somebody it out there is going to get that. It's confusing because it's Filipowski, but his nickname is Flip. So it, yeah, I can see how that could be confusing. It's the it's a Tibbs and Thibodeau thing. It's like, wait a minute, how that doesn't work either? It, yeah, it, yeah, right. <laughs> All right, speaking of things that are probably not going to work, it's our NFL prop bets predictions. But, you know, maybe, just maybe, we give you a winner here. But there's there's a whole lot of reasons to just not bet on this game. I think that's because it's bet so heavily that you're not going to get the best lines or anything in your favor. Or maybe something, it's just so irrationally publicly followed that maybe you can get something on the other end of it. I, I cautioned you, but we came up with some of our favorite Super Bowl prop bets. Maybe one that's actually realistic and maybe one that's actually fun. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, I'll, I'll go first, and I'll start with a, a disclaimer. Uh, I have no uh, intention of betting these. I want to be upfront with this uh, because I feel like there's a lot of podcasts that are getting sponsors, and we are not sponsored. And I I don't know how to exactly put my, my, my finger on it, but... There's just so much advertising right now for uh, for sports betting, and I get because like a lot of times the the sport or the sports betting is new to these states, and so it gets pumped pumped in. But I'm really getting a feel for uh, like two years ago when crypto was at, at the top and NFTs, and it was just everywhere you turned. There was somebody pushing it, and it was even from famous people. And then all of a sudden, it kind of all collapsed. I don't think it's all going to collapse, but. There's a reason that they're pushing these ads so hard. It's because there's a ton of money out there, and uh, I just think everyone should be careful. Bet within your, your limit. It should be fun. It shouldn't be something that you're trying to turn this into a, uh, uh, to a lifestyle. So just I'm not going to bet these, but these are just my, my, my picks. So I'll go with my first one. My first one's the, the, the real one. Uh, I think this is a good, a good one. It's uh, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes to win MVP plus 135. The, uh, the, the Chiefs are underdogs to to win at plus 110 and i'm thinking if the chiefs win mahomes i it's not a lock but i mean i it is I, a lock, I don't though. really see anybody else any anybody else coming as as the mvp so i figure if you think the chiefs are going to win take a little bit of a i guess you're, it's not the juice because the juice is what the casino gets but you get like a little bit more plus money there and uh, you can just go for mahomes mvp no that, that's a good one I don't have anything quite as promising as I think that one has as odds. I'll I'll ask you this. One of the more interesting ones I came across was the largest lead of the game over under 14 and a half. It was plus 105 for the over, minus 135 for the under. Which one would you take? I took one of them. I'll tell you in a second. Largest lead of the game, 14 and a half. Under. Yeah, I went with the under as well. I think this is going to be a tighter game. I also look at the scores of the previous games and the scores of previous Super Bowls, and you know, unless you jump out on them fourteen nothing, which is that doesn't even get you there. It's fourteen and a half. That that I don't really see this uh, getting there. So that's that's my bet. I'm going to recommend. I, I think it's I could see it going either way. If somebody does run away with it at the end, and you just try to do so much to come from behind that you end up falling even more farther behind. But I think it's going to be a tighter game. I think these are less turnover prone teams. And I, I think that they're going to match up better than we're expecting. The road to the Super Bowl hasn't been the cleanest for the Niners, but 
it's not like it's not like Mahomes had a fantastic game last week either. I mean, he did a whole bunch of stuff that didn't really show up in the stat sheet, but numbers wise, what do you have? One touchdown was there's no 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 score in the second half. Yeah. So I'm I'm going with the under on that. I think that's uh that's a decent shot of happening here. Uh do you have a more fun one? Yes. The uh the more fun one is first punt. Fair is a fair catch. And this is only it's either a fair catch or it's not a fair catch. So if he returns it or if it goes out of bounds, that would be a loss. But I'm thinking the first one for a fair catch plus two thirty five. So you, you got some some real action there. And the reason that I think this is the fun one is you're at a Super Bowl party. People are, you know, betting all sorts of different things. You have your squares. And then all of a sudden, the the, the, the Chiefs, three and out, and they're about to punt. And you are the only one at the party going, hey, everybody, quiet down, quiet down. And you just are waiting, hoping, hoping that this guy may, makes a fair catch. And one of the most... Uh, unexciting uh, events in football, a fair catch is now your most exciting moment and you're running around the house if uh, if that happens. So that just seemed a, a, a fun a fun one that just kind of is out of the blue. Perhaps we'll have to redefine fun, although it, it's subjective to what you find fun and that says a lot more about you. I went with Brand Ayuk. Win- winning is fun. <laughs> I went with the Brand Ayuk first catch over 13 and a half yards, plus 105. I think that's a little bit more fun to be rooting for. I could see him just doing a big shot down the sideline early in the game and just a huge momentum change for them. I mean, the the helmet catch last week has become legendary if they manage to surpass the, the Patrick Mahomes dynasty. And I could see Brandon Ayuk getting this. I don't think he's going to get a ton of catches, but I can see him getting the first one early and then that just kind of being addressed and never really being open again. But I, I like that one. I think that's a little bit more fun than rooting for a fair punt, rooting for a big play down the field. And not necessarily like, you know, McCaffrey. I saw like McCaffrey carries. I saw like Mahomes rushing. And eh, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really fall in love with that even. I, I liked uh, Rashi Rice maybe have more than six and a half receptions. I thought that was pretty decent and more likely to happen. But, you know, not, not necessarily as fun as a uh, first catch over 13 and a half yards for Brendan Ayuk. So those are those are the bets I got. If you got anything else, feel free to share with them. I, I will also not be actually making any of these bets. I just... I can't fall in love with the sports betting. I think it ruins the sport for me a little too much. I start acting like you with the Duke game, and it's just irrational. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even watching the game anymore. I'm just rooting against any other outcome that isn't mine, and it's it's just not a good way to watch it. But uh, you got any other anything else you want to share with anyone? Nope, those are my bets. I am still going with the uh, that the Chiefs are going to win. I'm not I'm not going against Mahomes again. Yeah, I, I, I until it happens, I'm, I feel like you're kind of foolish for going against it, and. Even if it goes again, even if it doesn't win, I, I still feel like I would have would be like, oh, that was really an upset. Like I, that's kind of how I'm going to walk away from it is be like, oh, Holmes somehow couldn't get it done. I just can't imagine him not getting it done, which is not the only thing that was inimaginable this whole season. Bill Belichick and Vrabel are not going to be employed this season. That seems pretty unimaginable. I, I can't see how that happened. I'm a little insulted by some of the coaches that were hired, and p- perhaps Bill comes with a little bit more baggage than you would want and maybe not his most recent success, but Vrabel, I thought Vrabel was a lock to get a coaching job. I mean, what, what happened with that? Where did that go wrong? I have to imagine that both of these guys, because if I think if you were to take not even just all of the coaches that, uh, that were unemployed, I'm talking employed coaches, all of the coaches in the, uh, in the NFL right now, uh, Vrabel and Belichick easily top, top 10. Are they top five? I, like like I said, Belichick maybe more more recently, but I think still uh, regarded as, a, as a, one of the greatest coaches of all time, especially in the, in the modern era. I have to imagine I don't obviously have any inside information that I think that the teams that needed a coach, they just it was Vrabel and Belichick's decision that they didn't want to coach those teams. They took some interviews, or at least Belichick for sure took took some interviews. That you know that news came out, and I think because the Falcons came out and it was like during it was during one of the one of the playoff games that it's just you know on their twitter yeah we're uh, we're interviewing uh belichick yep we, we did it yep things went great and so i don't think that they would be so bold about that if they weren't going to make the hire so i think it was Vrabel and belichick that said uh i'll come listen but these are your expectations this is what you're gonna do nope i don't want to be a part of that uh, you know both their names are still going to be uh are gonna be hot next year uh, or maybe mid-year 
I don't know if they'd be uh, they'd be interested in that, but I think this was uh, uh, their decision, not a team decision. Well, that's going to be the story for the whole season. Everyone's going to be on the hot seat because there's going to be quality guys on the sideline that could step in. The, the whole Doc Rivers situation that just happened where you could even be successful and somebody suddenly says, you know what, I'm not really feeling this coach anymore. And they're like, well, who can we do that's actually better? Because you always say that every time you get rid of the coach. It's like, well, what are we going to improve with here? There's going to be Vrabel, there's going to be Belichick, there's going to be Pete Carroll. Also, uh, that's what I was going to say. Not even, yeah, we didn't even mention Pete Carroll, who seems like he's going into the front office in Seattle. But just the way that was announced, and it, I, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if you know midseason the I don't know what one of the teams <laughs> gets rid of their coach, and all of a sudden Pete Carroll's name's coming up, and all of a sudden he's back on the sideline. I wouldn't be shocked either. And if you're any of these other teams that are a little shaky with high expectations and you don't deliver early, I just think the hot seat is going to be as hot as it's ever been because you're actually going to have a replacement option. I think in the past it was like, all right, are we going to be able to convince Sean Payton to give up the broadcasting and then convince the New Orleans Saints to trade a pick for him? Like that's just those obstacles don't exist right now for these for all those guys. This is way easier. Right? Yeah, free free agents. You you call them up. We will give you this much money to coach football. Do you agree? Boom. Yeah, I don't. Do you think they'll coach next year? Meaning, uh, hired midseason. No, I don't think so. I don't think they'd really love that situation. But if that's if that's because I, take... I just if you if you fire a coach midseason, something went wrong, and I think you'd be in those situations. You're probably better off doing what the uh, what the Raiders did. Have somebody internal, have an interim coach, do a real search offseason where you have the full, hey, you see who else got fired? Hey, Bill Belichick got fired. Yeah, maybe take a look. But I think I don't think either of those guys, if they were this cautious in an offseason, are just gonna jump right in. Because if a team is firing their coach, they gotta have major problems. And I think that's more of a either an interim position that somebody gets the opportunity for, or it's maybe somebody down uh, that hasn't got a shot that you bring him in and say, hey. You got eight games. Let's see what you can do with it. Not how I thought things were going to go. We'll we'll keep an eye on what that ends up being. I just, you know, Belichick is older. the 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 urgency is a time that he just doesn't have. I or at least I don't think he has. How long does he want to do this? You know, I don't know. Just sitting out the year. I just feel like he's losing. Like he he's making it so much harder to try to get to that record. But how I like. It, would, would it be nice for him to get the record? Sure. But does it change his legacy one way or the other? Well, then are you saying there's a chance he doesn't coach again? Like this is it? Actually, are you rooting for I, that? I would think you, so. Would you rather it that way? No, I, I want him to do whatever whatever makes him happy. And definitely that press conference leaving uh, leaving the Patriots. And he had a nice uh, – he took, took out a, uh, a page in the in the paper over the weekend thanking all the, all the fans. That was a, that was a classy move. Uh, it, it, all of the language was – this is goodbye for the Patriots, not goodbye for football. So unless something has, has changed, I, I don't see that happening. But I don't think that whether he gets the all-time wins record or not, that his record is unassailable. And it, that's not going to – he can't go any higher in my book. That's That's fair. I guess it just felt like that was the schedule and the only thing he was really playing for because, like you said, he doesn't have anything else to play anymore it's not like one more super bowl solidifies anything you know even one more loss He's already of, so far past yeah, you know, one more else. loss at a super bowl doesn't damage anything either you know then one more terrible season for somewhere else i don't think it really hurts the the resume he's already built i i just it just seemed like he was gonna get that record and it would be something crazy like this like him not coaching for a year is gonna be the reason he doesn't get it which didn't seem possible and i guess i'm more shocked by that all right. I'm, I I got to imagine that he he looked at it and said, if that is one of his main goals, and said, okay, I'm reading the tea leaves. I'm seeing what teams are available. All right, I already left the Patriots, so which team is going to get much more wins? He didn't see any there and said, well, rather than get four wins this year, maybe I wait and I get a team next year that's going to get 12 wins, and then the year off doesn't even matter. Just come back to the Patriots next year. Let's just do it all over. Take a year off, rest a little bit. Just, just come on back in. Or, things are either going to go really well for us or really bad this year. Oh, 
I do have some uh, some some Belichick news today. It's just not about Bill. His son, Steve Belichick, I think he was with the the Patriots for for ten years, uh, got hired as the University of Washington's defensive coordinator. So he will be leaving as well as the Patriots uh, running back coach is uh, also going to uh, University of Washington. Wish him, wish him luck. Wish him luck. You don't think any of the guys we just mentioned would ever coach college, right? Bill wouldn't do that. Rabel wouldn't do that. Carroll already kind of has. What do you mean, kind of has? Uh, I mean, he, he I mean, coached at USC like I, in his heyday. I know, but he, I feel like he wouldn't want to go back to that. He ran away from that for a reason. I don't know if he wants that wants back in. If he wanted in, he would have just stayed. Well, I think that there were a lot of uh, rules issues that it made sense for him to, uh, to to get away from the same way Jim Harbaugh just kind of, hey, you know what, maybe it's time for me to go to the uh, the NFL right now. But, yeah, I, I don't I don't think any of them are, are interested in college. All right, let's move on to NBA. It is the trade talks rumor session of the week where we have the trade deadline coming up and Everybody's Thursday. Proposed. Did you realize we're going to be skiing during the trade deadline? I didn't, and it, you know, I'm going to get to it right now, and I'm not even worried about it. This whatever trades do have are, are going to come out of nowhere because I don't think the teams that are trying to get better truly have opportunities to get better. There's a lot of really good teams in the league right now that are set up in appropriate caps that don't have any like glaring overcompensations or overkilled or awful contracts. I, I, there's a lot of smart teams in the league, and there's some really struggling teams in the league. Some of the teams that are struggling, I just don't think that they have anything to truly make a difference. Now, that being said, I think there's a couple guys out there that are going to get traded for next to nothing, and that is going to be the real competition on which of the competitive teams that are running for a championship right now are going to get these nothing trades. You know, the Kelly Olynyk, the P.J. Washingtons, maybe a Malcolm Brogdon, where it doesn't go for a whole lot, but it's a big addition to a team, and somebody's going to get them. I, I, it's like, I, who's going to have the belt most appealing second round pick is basically what I'm telling you. And I don't know who that's going to be, but I think that's more likely the trades that we will see. I don't think we're going to see anything massive happen here. I just don't, I, I couldn't find one. I couldn't find a big trade that made sense. The best I could do, which was, again, this isn't a great trade. This is my problems for your problems, which is probably not the best way to make a deal, but maybe all of the dysfunction within all of these teams could just trade their dysfunction to someone else for for the other team's dysfunction. And the teams I got, I got the New Orleans Pelicans, I got the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I got the Atlanta Hawks. I wrote down two different versions of these. They both went through in the trade machine. So these are like successful deals with no picks, just straight players. I got New Orleans giving up Zion. I got Minnesota giving up Carl Anthony Towns. And I got two options for Atlanta. They can give up Trey Young, or they can give up Giante Murray and Bogdanovich. Where you want to send everyone is also interesting. I wrote down a couple different versions for all that. You know, do you want to send Trey to Minnesota? Do you want to trade Cat to Atlanta and maybe not not involve all that? Or, you know, Zion and Zion in Atlanta, maybe? Is that how's that sound? Is Zion DeJounte Murray and Bagdanovich? You trade Trey to New Orleans and Cat stays in Minnesota or something you swap around. There's a whole bunch of different ways you could like kind of play around with all this, but this was the only one that I guess kind of works, but doesn't really work for anybody perfectly. I think everyone's going to have some sort of beef with what your end result is. But I, I, I guess, all right, so Atlanta Hawks would get a Carl Anthony Towns, the Timberwolves could get Zion, and the Pelicans would get Trey Young. Is is anybody actually better? I don't know. Is that better than what they were in? Probably not. I could cope with anything really actually realistic that went through, though. Did you cope with anything, though? That, that's kind of the best I got. I do like the idea of the Timberwolves trading Cat. I there's something weird with that, and I feel like there's been something weird there for a while. Where you know a couple of weeks ago we were talking about when he's going for uh, you know, a record-setting level of points in both during the game and after the game, the team just didn't seem thrilled, and I just can't imagine that he doesn't notice that, even if it's just kind of known that hey, there's a business relationship. I just even a business relationship you think would be a little warmer than this. And he's definitely had his problems come, come playoffs and the Timberwolves have never been up this high. So the expectations are going to be even higher than they've been in the past. And I just wonder if you, you move him along, you get more, uh, some surrounding pieces, if that would be better for the, for the team overall, which I mean, sounds crazy because he, He's he's the one getting getting the most. He's the mo- I, I was gonna say the most famous. I'm not sure if he's still the most famous with a 
with with Ant and Anthony Edwards is like just young young rising star that you know gets a little, little more popular every day. But I I don't think that the uh, the Pelicans are at this point looking to to move Zion possibly at the beginning of the year, but I don't think so anymore. Yeah, I don't think giving the Pelicans Carl Anthony Towns or Trey Young or even Dejounte Murray and Bogdanovich is is enough reason to really move on from Zion. I just kind of wanted to see Zion somewhere else and just see what that looked like, whether it was like a super offense in Atlanta that just completely gave up on defense or perhaps a very interesting defense in Minnesota where they have this dependence on Mike Conley being the point guard, but they just need a guy to bring the ball up. And I, I just wonder what if they just made Zion the point guard? I feel like that's been the best he's ever looked anyways is a team where they kind of give him the ball to bring it up. He's not the greatest shooter. He is somewhat passive and could play, and he could still get the ball to Anthony Edwards. I, I just, I kind of fell in love with that idea of it all because it seems ridiculous that they're so dependent on Mike Conley. And I don't know what you can give up for Colin Anthony Towns that gets you a realistic point guard that isn't that isn't just an undersized guy like Trey Young. Like that doesn't really help them either. But I, I, it's interesting. I, I thought it went through. I, I played with this machine for an hour. I finally got something that was like <laughs> success. It works. I wrote it down and was like, "This wow, does anybody actually like this? Because I finally got something that worked. It was like, nobody's happy now. We're all, we've, we've finally got something that's realistic, and I don't think any of these teams would actually do this. Uh, all right, what do, you, what do you got then? You got something? All right, mine, mine are much, much smaller. Kind of go more to what you, your, uh, your, your initial statement was, is that we're not going to see anything anything too crazy. And so the, uh, the, the first one, I just have uh, written down Bruce Brown to the Knicks. I don't know what the Knicks are, are going to give up, but I think that Bruce Brown like doesn't demand that much. So it's just like it's a little bit of a salary filler, some some picks here or there. Uh, it's not nothing that's going to really detract from what you know what the Knicks already have. Uh, Knicks, uh, they're they're on hot streak right now. I right. mean, lost the most recent one, but uh, nine and one, and I just especially ever since that trade, they've. They, they, they've they've been killing it, and even uh, even that loss. I think that they were missing uh, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> obviously they're missing uh, they're, they're missing Randall. So it was just like Brunson trying trying to do it. He's been playing uh, really well this year. Just got named uh, first time All Star. So you know, g- good good for him. But I think that if they're looking to make that next sort of jump, I, th- I think they they're gonna have to make at least a, a medium sized move, and maybe this is even a medium sized move. But it's it's at least something, and especially with the uh, the Embiid injury, the Sixers are going to be in trouble. So I think if you're looking to make that, hey, we could make the conference finals, like they they might uh they might loosen the purse strings a little bit. I think it would still fall along of what the the roster they're building as well. It isn't just hey, we can go get Carmelo. We can just give up everything and we can just get Carmelo. It's like no, it's little piece, appropriate piece, a championship proven player in Bruce Brown. I like the move. I'm not sure how they pull it off. I also think there's going to be a bidding war for other teams that are going to be doing that. Like, like these going to be the bidding wars for these little trades are going to be the real deadline. I don't think it's going to be any massive moves or anybody moving their big contracts. I, I, I feel a little sympathy for the Sixers because I do think that they were positioned. If Embiid is going to come back, they do have a lot of possibilities to move some pieces to actually get a Bruce Brown as well or, or whatever else you kind of want to list out. I'm not sure if they're going to be forced to pull that trigger now. It's a little up in the air on when Embiid's going to come back because nobody even knows when the surgery's going to be. And we nobody knows the severity or the timetable of him coming back. And I, I it sucks for the Sixers. It sucks for Embiid. I think everyone wants to be up in arms about this 65 limit for the All-NBA and the MVP and all that. Who cares about any of that? I just want to see this guy get back and play in the playoffs and have a chance to compete against a really good Eastern Conference that he kind of has an advantage on everyone in. I still think he's the best big man. Clearly in the league, and possibly I think this year was the best player when healthy. It's it's a bummer, and it, I think it's going to really alter a lot of the trade options for a lot of the other teams out here, especially if you had kind of a deal on the table from the Sixers, and you're like, well, let's see if anyone else can match it. And then the Sixers take that deal off the table because they're like, well, maybe we don't want to go all in now. And that's going to change a lot of the trade landscape in the next couple hours. So I, I'm not, I don't think it's going to be anything massive, but I, I do feel for Embiid. Do you, do you have any comment on the the sixty five limit? I feel like we talked about this last week. How this just helps define a rule that we really haven't been able to define before. Of like, what is the MVP? Best player on best team? Like, what what are we what are we really arguing about here? Like, we just we just want a player to not get injured? Yeah, of, of course. Like, nobody's 
rooting for all that. Yeah, that's what everybody wants. I I think there's been a little too much outrage across the the general sports media and the the 65 games. And I think I've seen guys also stand up for it. Like Barkley stood up for it and was like, hey, man, nobody's voting for you if you don't play at least 65 games anyways. Like, this this rule doesn't need to... That's kind of what I was thinking, is that it locked it in, and I think it just made it... I I think it would have made it easier down the line if... uh, Say Embiid hadn't got this, uh, you know, this meniscus uh, injury, if he had pretty much done what he did in the first half of when he played, played really well, but was only kind of half the time. I mean, this is almost, uh, I guess, it's, <laughs> the only thing I can really compare it to is uh, the the COVID year when uh, Kyrie was only playing on the road because New York wouldn't let him play. And so when he only played once a week, it's like, yeah. He, he looks really good and so that's kind of part of it and it just i think when you have that rule it just helps to show like all right no you you have to play play above this so then it's not even the argument you can't oh well, i think Embiid, you know when he plays it's like no no he's not even eligible he didn't play enough games because uh, but i agree that i think in general uh the the voters are already taking this into account it's if you're at 100 but it's only for you know, 50, it's not 50% of the time, but 50 games, that's not as good as if you're at 90, but you're there for 75% of the games. Or not 70, 70 75 games, not percent, 75 games. I hope it comes back. That's, that's really, I'm going to just wrap that up with. What's up with this language? The Sixers came out, and so, uh, you know, Shams and Woj, and, you know, everybody just goes from there. So it's clearly from the Sixers as, as the source. But, they're not calling it like they weren't calling it a meniscus tear. It was a meniscus flap, and it was, uh, you know, not using terms, not saying surgery, just a, a procedure, and you know, not out indefinitely, out an extended period of time. It was just, it was worded very oddly. It was almost the way that uh, things get worded, like before a playoff game or you know within a playoff series, and because you, you don't want to give up a competitive advantage. Uh, uh, you know, in football, we'll see it, you know, at the beginning of the year. Uh, we're not sure who, uh, who who's going to be the quarterback yet. It's like, you obviously know. You just don't want to tell us. And I just don't get what the uh, what the competitive advantage is. I mean, maybe what you were saying earlier with the uh, – I think it's trade deadline uh, stuff. That they... the, the trade deadline. So after the trade deadline. But it just seems, seems awfully odd and vague where I got to imagine at this point you've done all of the – all of the tests and you know, okay, well, what are the next steps? Is it, is it rehab? Is it rest? Or is it, is it surgery? Just, I don't get why it's so, so much, so much mystique around this. Well, this injury hinged on them being a desperate trade suitor and a not desperate trade suitor. Like, uh, like if we could go with he's healthy, sure. We can make the move where we got a competitive team. We're having a good year right now. or one of the top teams of the East and we have everybody healthy right now. Sure. We could make some moves, but you know, we don't have to do anything. Now with his injury, and depending on when he comes back, and assuming he is able to come back for the playoffs, you got to be able to put together a team that doesn't completely tank and you end up in a playing game. And now your your moves are, are different, and the other team knows that they have a pressure point on you. Like it, you, there's no way you don't. So I, I think them trying to tread lightly in all this is just trying to not get taken advantage of in whatever trades they were hoping to make because those those deals are going to have a different price tag on them now. I just can't imagine that's going to be that much different. Because if, if you're if you're doing a trade for someone that is actually going to move the needle, you you have to give up assets. So I, I just don't see other teams being able to use this with like so much leverage that it's worth this amount of secrecy, especially where if, like the, the other teams they they gotta know I mean, they just gotta be more plugged in than we are as a as an average fan. I don't think anyone's heard the meniscus procedure and been like, yeah, a couple weeks. It's not not for a guy like this either, with this injury history at this size, worth this value. I know he's going to do whatever it takes to win, and this is definitely a good chance if he's healthy that they have a chance to win this year. But you got to you got to take care of this guy long term. That's just that's just the way it's always going to be. It's the way it has been, and it's the way it's going to be for the future. So I, I don't. I, I would love for him to come back, but I see no reason why he's going to rush back. I don't. This is almost a Kawhi type of info though, where you. We kind of know there's something wrong. But we don't know exactly what's wrong, and that's it. Like we just we just live on whatever they tell us. <laughs> but the funny thing with the yeah. Kawhi though is the team didn't even know. It was literally just him. So like we were in the dark as well as like the owner even, of the team. Yeah. <laughs> like, interesting stuff. I 
I hope he comes back. All right, speaking of votes and leverage and all sorts of drama and politics, I suppose, the NBA All-Star Game Reserves have been announced. I I, I think Mike Brown of the Sacramento Kings already came out and said it was kind of egregious that neither Sabonis and Fox did not make the team, and that's kind of fair. I, I do see a name on the list that could potentially come off, but if you can't just say all this stuff and not take someone else off, right? Like I feel like you have to kind of defend yourself by saying these guys should be on. Sure. That's great. Stand up for your guys, but you got to be an NBA professional and say it's because he's, they're better than who like you, you can't just say everyone's good. That doesn't, that doesn't work. I would have taken Carlton towns off and I probably would have added Fox. You could have easily talked me into some bonus. I do think that just one of these guys should be on there, but you know, if you have the top record in the West, I also can understand you having more than one person on your team. I just probably would have gave it to Gobert as well. Like I, I just I'm so all out on towns. Like I just I have no <laughs> no credit to give him at all. I don't want to remove him from the All Star game because it's the only thing that's going to make this guy happy. He doesn't actually want to win a game. He just wants to show up for an All Star game. So let him have it. Let the bonus and Fox win a playoff game, and Towns will do whatever Towns does. I that's really the only beef I got for all that. I, I mentioned last week I probably would have had Brunson over Lillard for the starters, but he still managed to sneak in. It looks like we're going to have a couple injuries with them beat out in the East and maybe a couple more reserves voted in. Uh, did you have any beef with the, the rosters that were voted in, though? No, 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 no real problems with it. Uh, I think December, early, early January, I think Derek Waite had a, had a real shot, but uh, he's, he's, he's fallen off where for what the Celtics need him for. Still excellent player, great for, for the role. I, I love all the stuff that he's doing, but not – not not an all star, and want to give a shout out to uh, Paulo Bencaro, Final Four Paulo, and making his first uh, first uh, all star game. So definitely, uh, he he was a, a fun guy to watch at at Duke. Knowing you know you, we we get those top guys, but you could be the number one recruit in one year, and that is not the same. It is not equal across. And when I saw him play, it's like this guy's for real. Uh, was surprised that he got taken number one, but glad that he's been able to, uh, to live up to the, to the expectations. And so I think he'll be a, uh, you know, he, he, he's, he's a big dude. If, uh, if, if he gets a little bit of a little bit of run, you know, he, he can definitely do the, uh, <laughs> Hey, lob it up to him. He could drive by somebody and get the dunk. I, I think he'll, he'll be fun. I, I feel like I can't say this without really directly taking a shot at Trey young. I just, this should be a wake up call of, of, of a correctly a correct analysis of who should be in the all-star game and who shouldn't he's just his team's not the, his team's 10th he's had every chance in the world to be the player he wants he gets every shot he'd ever dream of plays whatever minutes he wants I I, I he wasn't voted an all-star for a reason and this team isn't that good for a reason and they I feel like they made all the moves they wanted to and they have the roster they wanted to and it just doesn't work I I really don't have any problem with it I actually kind of applaud everyone for correctly voting for this it's it's one of the rare times where i like oh no i, I really i really kind of like that we didn't like this was this would have been like putting carl d towns in if you ask me having trey young in this i i'm curious to see if he ends up being the very no, first reserve no i'd say it's different because like you said the 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 hawks are 10th in the east the the timberwolves are tied for first in the in the west yeah but if you ask me who are the best players on minnesota i probably have towns like the fourth or fifth guy in the roster I'd pick Nas Reed over Carlton Towns and not even that wouldn't even hesitate. I put him in the trade machine so much today, just trying to figure out a way of like, all right, if they're going to commit to Carlton Towns. Can we, can we at least pry away Nas Reed from this team? The, the fact that they have this three man rotation and Nas is kind of the out, the last man out is, is a bit of a bummer. I, I think he has a higher ceiling. I'm just, I'm, I'm ranting on and This is again, I said, I started this yeah. off by saying like, this isn't going to sound good. I'm literally just going at a player. Like this is a, nothing was brought up for this. There is no drama other than he didn't get voted in. He's probably going to end up being the first reserve off the injured Embiid, and I think that was it. Some other someone else is hurt, right? Randall. Randall's not going to play. Randall's not going to play. I, I, I'm sure it'll be Trey and I don't know, maybe Zinger. Who who who's who's next up? I'm looking at the list. I don't know. Did Zinger play play enough games? Well, I, I'm going with more of like, all right, we're just gonna grab from the team that's at the top here, and would it be? Would you do Porzingis next, or would you do White next? No, nah, I think Derek White fell off. So you would go Porzingis over White. 
if you got to pick yeah, the next Celtic, that, I, that, I think that's that, right. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't, I don't know how it's all going to play out. <laughs> it's going to be great. Embiid's going to play in this game. He's going to come back in a week, right? This is best case scenario. Can, can we talk about who the head coach is for the All-Star game? I think that's the most uncomfortable head coaching All-Star game that conversation you're ever going to have. I how, how, how did we allow this? And I understand Doc being professional and we could get away with it, but it's this is wrong, right? Like, how do we we can't go with another solution to this? This shouldn't be like set in stone. It's I, it's it's so funny because this is the way that it works. Is uh, I, I don't know. It's a certain amount out before the the All Star game, so I, I don't know if it's when the reserves are, are announced or if it's just a certain. It's got to be around the same time that whatever team is in first in the conference, that head coach gets to uh, be the All Star coach for for that conference. Well, there's a wrinkle to that rule that you can't do it multiple years in a row. So for the second year in a row, the Celtics are the number one team at this cutoff point. And so Missoula was the coach last year. So he's ineligible to be the coach again this year. So you go down to the second team. Well, the second team, it was close between the Bucks and the, and the Cavs and then the Bucks win. So who is the coach of the Bucks? It's Doc Rivers and his one win with the Bucks. And I'm not mad about it. It's just it's just such a funny quirk that it, he comes in and uh, I think he kind of said in the press conference, it's just like, well, this is uh, this is kind of silly. And it's not like it really matters. It doesn't impact anything. It's not like you even need a coach out there. But I think that, that this is going to be funny because down the line, you're going to be kind of having accolades and there's going to be a, well, he was all-star coach this many years and this one's going to, it's going to count. And like I said, with his one Milwaukee Bucks victory. It's it's fine. I guess nobody cares about this game anyway, so there's no reason to really be up in arms over a coach of this. It just seemed like a, we could just skip the Bucks, right? That you like if you if you're a new hire, that should be another rule. Like you just like Doc doesn't even want to do this. I feel like you're making him uncomfortable, and that this isn't even a reward. Like this is drawing attention that is distracting from the team that they just don't need. Like like we're talking right, about it right saying, now. Uh, uh, Adrian Griffin's still getting paid. He's not coaching an active team. Let him coach the All-Star game. I'm sure Doc would love to have the time off. It's already – I was retired and then thrown back in, and I don't even get the All-Star and game now off. I don't even get the All-Star break. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even get the, the weekend off. I, I got to be there dealing with everybody here. He does have two guys on the team, and perhaps that'll be a, a team-building experience that they get to have together. It's uh, it's fine. It's, it's just a weird story. Uh, another yeah. – Another weird story. What do we got? LED court for the All Star game. What does what does that mean? The, we don't have light up for, sneakers now. We we have light up courts. Kind of. Yes. You're you're not far off. Uh, this is going to be for the uh, the the event night. So this will be for for Saturday night. But it is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, I'm sure you've seen uh, before, like when they're doing the the intros, and they have the the projector on the court, and it does all sorts of different things. They're just taking that to the next level. And rather than it being a projector on the court, it will be during the events that it's basically a big TV underneath. And they can, they're going to do all sorts of cool, different light up, uh, light up things. One of the things is, you know how one of the first events is the skills challenge and it's an obstacle course. They're going to have, you be able to show with lights. <laughs> hey, here's the route starts here and just kind of goes over here and you pass here. So, uh, it's is this the future? It's the future of TV. I don't think it's the future of the NBA. I think this is this is like a slam ball thing. I don't know how they incorporate this, but jump through a trampoline screen. But this seems like it seems like a gimmick that's appropriate for a gimmick game, and that's what the All Star Game is. It's it's fine. I mean, do you want to see this in college? No, absolutely not. This seems like uh, an answer or a solution to a problem that no one thinks that the NBA has. Like, is this a, is this a Globetrotter game, maybe? Is that is that maybe where this could be more successful? I think this is for people that just want to watch TV and don't want to watch basketball. It's just shiny lights is what it seems like. Well, that's not us. Is this is this the enhanced games you were talking about? Is that this topic? No. All right, well, let's close out no, with that. that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. What do, we, what do we got for enhanced games? What does that mean? Okay, so the enhanced games. I think we mentioned this before. It might not have had a full name. 
this is going to be the Olympics, and there will be no drug testing. Wait, one more time? There's no drug testing for the Olympics? No, this will be similar to the Olympics. So it's going to be a bunch of different athletic uh, events, but there will be no drug testing for these. They're called the the enhanced games. So you want to do uh, HGH? Go for it. We just got the Bash Brothers back. We just McGuire and all of them are just gonna be smashing home runs, just doing crazy stuff. Uh, the uh, it, uh, part of my take—that's what they mentioned. They said there has to be a home run derby competition in this. Yeah, there should be something like that. I, I you know, I feel like we've gone through a really good health craze. Like everyone's pretty familiar. You can go online. You can find healthy diets and exercises pretty easily right now, and you're, you'll find whatever nonsense you want to find on these sort of enhancement stuff, but. I also just think it's so publicly informed that this just isn't healthy. So I'm shocked that there's still this many people willing to volunteer through all of this and that this is this like it's definitely a risk, right? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't, I'm not as familiar about this as I wanted to be. But it seems uh, interesting that people are still willing to go all in for this. And I feel like they're getting paid for the risk they're taking and not necessarily the skill they have. I think we have to remember that although the intent is for the Olympics to be clean, we've seen time and time again that they are not clean. And so I think this is just a different avenue saying, hey, rather than this whole thing be about punishing the guys that aren't cheating, just say that's not going to be a rule. And I I don't know uh, en enough about it, but I think that we're in a different spot now than we were in the in in the nineties, where it's just anabolic steroids, and if you take these, yes, you can recover faster, your muscles faster, but there are all these negatives. I think that there are other types of performance enhancement that you, maybe isn't as a uh, as net as uh, you're not gonna have as many problems for for, for your body. Detrimental. Yeah, yeah, not not as de detrimental. Because I, I think even even now, there it's trying to figure out, okay, what's performance enhancing, what's not? It's like, well, creatine, there's tons of studies, and it says, all right, yep, you know, you can uh, you know, re retain more water, you know, makes your muscles bigger, you're able to lift more. Well, that sure sounds like performance enhancing, but that's grandfathered in, or it's like, ah, well, you know, that that the amount that it helps you is so small. But if you are having these other... I don't know, types of blood doping or types of supplements that are able to help you and there are less uh, negative impacts or even, if, or, or even if there are. Or, or should you be the one that polices the athlete? I mean, football is not safe. We, we, we watch that every Sunday. You know, <laughs> I don't think there's... I think the problem with these sort of performance-enhancing stuff is that the average person could have a huge advantage from it without being good at football without being good at anything and then suddenly they can be good See, at i don't group. think that's true i don't think this helps the average person at all like if i were to take like the best steroids in the world like that's not gonna make me so i'm available to do any athletic uh you know event at the, at the highest level i think this takes uh awesome athlete and puts them like at that next level that that, that he needs I am a little curious to see just how much it's holding everyone back. And I just want to see what that difference looks like. Like, is it half a second on a race? Is it, you know, 50 pounds on a lift? I, you know, it depends on one of, one of their One of their, like, advertisements for this event, which uh, still more details. I think they're really going to start laying some more things out in, in April, but it's supposed to happen next year that they've got a guy that's uh, faster than Usain Bolt. All right, I'm in, I'm intrigued. It's an interesting concept. We'll we'll monitor that going forward. The enhanced games title is appealing. I like the name. Like that's that's solid. I, I don't I don't know who thought of that or if they thought it was maybe too simple, but I I think that's a home run for me. All right, anything else you want to add to the people out there? We got like 30 seconds. Well, maybe maybe you should start uh Start looking into maybe some supplements, and maybe you could be one of the uh, the first performers in the enhanced games, or maybe maybe that'll be the uh, the, the, the one of our punishments this year for for March Madness.
I'm very happy with my daily creatine, and that is it. I don't need anything else. I don't need anything more perfect. A little scoop a day. That's it. A little scoop a day. That's all you need. All right, we'll be back next week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Subscribe to Little Column A, Little Column B. You can follow Zach on his X account, which is... Wicked Z-Man 24. We'll be back next week. Little column A, little column B.